0: Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week, but we don't always know which day it's going to be on. So there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right. Enough about that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Andy Howell and by Simon Thomas of Twickenham to, to look over what went wrong at uh, at HQ today. Wales have lost thirty three thirty to England in the Six Nations. So uh, obviously how are you doing, Andy and Pretty good, Ben. And um, yourself, Simon?
1: Well, I'm in a place where Andy and I have been many times in the past. So like explain them to readers just behind uh, listeners behind the press conference room there's a there's a balcony which looks over the, the indoor gym here at uh, Twickenham it's where a lot of the interviews are done and uh, quite a few times me and Andy have been stood here after a defeat and uh, unfortunately I'm here on my own and it's another defeat to talk about and yeah well by far the better team uh, won the game in fairness
2: what did you think of the final scoreline then is that just is that a bit uh, you know flat as Wales
1: I think he put a gloss on it that didn't really reflect the game. Um, When I look back on it as a whole, I think it was a contrast between England, uh, a sharper cutting edge generally during the game than Wales, and Wales defensively um, struggled at times, found one thing. Um, and if you look at that cutting edge, really, the last 20 minutes of the game, Wales were kind of camped in the England 22. And it was it was only really when England were down to 13 men, falling the yellow card to Genge, and then they, the red to two will argue. We shall talk about that It was only when they were down up against 13 that they were able to score those two tries. So, yeah, one team had a sharper cutter edge and one team had a stronger defence. And, uh, and both of those counts, it was England.
0: So, is there an argument that maybe the yellow card could have come sooner? It felt like Ben O'Keefe's right arm was getting a bit tired in that last ten
1: minutes. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You could argue that the yellow cards, the red card, you know, the, the offences that England um, committed came from the pressure Wales were exerting. Well, I just suppose there's a fair argument on that, and um, but I just felt, generally, if you look at that first half in particular, for example. Um, Wales, and England, sorry, had three attacking line-outs in The opposition twenty-two, they scored two tries and a penalty from those. If you look at Wales, it's kind of two main um, attacking opportunities in the, in the England twenty-two. George North loses the ball going off the line, and then off another attacking lineout. Actually, um, it was a spillage by Hadley Parks and. I suppose it's a theme, isn't it, really? That w those are doing a lot of sort of good work in prep you know, in the build up, but it just especially when they sort of go through, you know, repeat phases in the opposition territory, they seem to struggle to sort, of sort of nail those scores and you can pair that with the third England try, which was so well worked, isn't it? Break from from Young's the man of the match. And then it just showed patience kept ball kept patience and just worked the overlap and it was very clinical yeah so overall um, a lot of lessons for the to learn again I guess
0: and and Andy obviously Sy there touched upon uh, the England tries I don't think Byron Hayward's going to be particularly thrilled is he
2: no he's not because really they were pretty soft those scores you know that first one from the line that was a good move from uh uh, from England, but they caught Wales and they run a back tail of that line-out as, as fans caught Wales in the last game run the front of the line-out. You know, this time you had... Um, Josh He was uh, slightly wide, I think it was, was it? And he come through, yeah, they beat, uh, you know, good pass. Cool. Andy Watson's. he was a really good finish, mine because he... Um, He's just stopped and gold, would enough to put Thomas Williams off and beat him up pretty you know, with ease really and uh forced his way over the try line, cracking try. It was actually nice to see them for those other two other tries, a European or a British and Irish team which wasn't suffering from white line fever. Because uh, England, you know, they do did what the All Blacks do. They created space on the outside, and then they utilized it with swift swift transfer of the ball and utilized their extra numbers with Tealagi and uh, Daly walking over in the corner. Now Wales, you you know, when North lost the ball going for the try line and parks, they because that that happened on both occasions because they were trying to batter away, they batter their way through under intense pressure from the opposition defence. So, you know, Wales still trying to force their way over by being too narrow, perhaps, and uh, England showed how, how how it can be done with quick ball and go forward ball.
1: The thing for me, Ben, and Andy as well, you know, um, it's similar in a way, think back to the Ireland game, you know, Wales well, so had that fantastic try through Thomas Williams in his island you think that's right that's the way Wales can go that's what they can do in the cover Then you look at that try at the start of the second half wonderful try straight from the kickoff you think, yeah that's what this team is looking to do and, and that you know heavily involved Tompkins who I think has been the big find you know in an attacking sense for Wales just the first thought when he took that kickoff was to see how he could test the English defence half beat a man put in the video into space one two and a lovely pass to the break. Uh, sorry, Thomas Williams Sorry, and so Suddenly, their defence was breached. You can see there's little nuggets, aren't there? Little nuggets of hope there about the way this team wants to play. But at the moment, they're struggling to do it on any kind of consistent basis. And that's why I guess they've lost three games in a row.
2: Yeah, the other concern as well is Wales' kicking game has deteriorated tactically. You know, they've been, they lacked accuracy today kicking out of hand, largely. Um, You know, I thought half pennies kicking out of hand was all over the shop. Bigger, obviously, his right knee was heavily bandaged. Did put in some nice cross kicks and that, but uh, you know when Wales didn't kick that well when he went for length and the chase wasn't good either. So uh, you know I thought England kicked a lot more accurately.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's pretty uh, accurate assessment. Uh, I mean, obviously they lost Johnny May early on and they replaced him with Slade, who obviously isn't a pacey winger, but he has got a boot on him and he maybe more than most found a lot of green space in the match which isn't something that Wales did did they a lot of half pennies kicks found arms and, and, and uncontested arms at that and, and didn't really see much of the aerial game from Dan at which I suppose is understandable given the week he sat he, he was targeted wasn't he early on
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was, and it was within a, a minute, wasn't he? He had a double hit from Tulagi and Curry. I thought given everything, you know another push off the ball, didn't he, from Owen Farrell? I thought given everything, you know, the injury. I thought Dan, you know, he's a fighter, isn't he? I he had a very decent game overall, generally, and you know, he just puts his body on the line time and again. I thought the other part of this from a Welsh perspective I mentioned Tompkins and I thought that um, both um Tipiric and Navidi, you know, can take a lot of credit. Tipperic tries, did a lot of great work um, both in defence and tackling and in the loose and, and Navidi you would never have thought he'd been out for as long as he had. Just um he's just a machine that fella. Yeah,
2: he's got so individual. To
1: Yeah, he did individual plus it, but it was interesting. Well, obviously, you know, I've I've been to the press conferences here, and I guess I don't know exactly what the reaction is back home, but they were certainly, it's fair to say, they were lively press conferences. We had Eddie Jones in first and uh, came out with the, straight off the bat with the uh, it was 16 against 13 in the closing stages we'd all got our years picked up you know and then proceeded to have a real blast at, uh, at Ben O'Keefe over, over the red card to Tulagi and then obviously we had the Wales press conference while well, I mean, Jones was talking at length about the uh, the Marler incident so, so how has it all gone home on, back home what's the kind of reaction to those two key incidents
0: well it's been busy hasn't it in the office uh, definitely <laughs> been busy Uh It's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, I think there's a lot of Welsh people who would maybe think Ben O'Keefe was perhaps lacking in in bringing a card out in those last 10 minutes. So to hear the 13 against 16 line, you know. I'm astonished,
2: Ben, at Eddie Jones' remarks. Uh, O'Keefe, when in one sequence, same sequence of play, England were penalised five times and he still warned Farrell, She's a definite yellow card, he could have, in fact, he could have, uh, you know, he could, he could have um, yellow carded two players, perhaps, in the same, you know, passage of play, and uh, so England were uh, fortunate there, if the boot had been on the other foot, because Wales of the way team, I suspect he would have brought out the yellow card then, and I don't know why Eddie Jones is bleating about the red card, that was as definite a red card, as you would see, even though he didn't, didn't catch him full. Of, didn't catch George Rose, Rose full on in the head, fortunately, but he just went flying in, flying through the air like a, you know, like a missile. No arms and use his shoulder. Simple red card. I, I think you know
1: under the current legislation, um, a shoulder with no arms making contact with the head. Um, it didn't leave O'Keefe an awful lot of, of choice, really, and uh, I was quite surprised how strong Eddie Jones was, you know. And he said, like, I, I don't comment. I'm going to break my rule. and He certainly broke his rule. He used the word nonsense, I think, you know. And uh, he, was, uh, do you, do, he was very you, straight, strong in his opinions.
2: Do you think then that Eddie Jones now faces the possibility of charge of bringing the game into Wow Well, we've seen I don't know. Him I mean, in the past with Michael Checker.
1: Well, I think the point is that that red card will be upheld as a uh, as an accurate decision when it comes to his disciplinary hearing, he will have. So, you know, Keith, will, I'm sure, will be vindicated as having given the right card. So, yeah, it could be interesting, you know. And when you talk about bringing the game into disrepute, I guess that then goes on to what Mr Marler did.
0: Indeed, he's not uh, to a lag, he's not the only uh, England player who could be facing a ban.
1: And, well, Marla's could be quite a long band looking at the legislation acts of that nature and, uh, I, I, so I, don't, I don't know exactly what words I'm allowed to use on the uh, Wales Online podcast, but Andy, how would you describe what uh, Mr Marla did? Uh,
2: bag snatching uh, which is, uh, Let me just explain that, that's an Australian term, uh, which was used when NEATH uh, were involved in a alleged bag snatching incident against Australia I think it was 1992, Simon, am I right there? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes, I think uh, Bob so. Dwyer, uh, Australia coach who guided him, steered him to World Cup final glory. Previous year came out with after the match, uh, claimed a Neath player had grabbed the private parts of an Aussie player. Uh, and today, you know, Joe Mahler, honestly, now, Simon, I think Joe Mahler loves publicity, playing up for the cameras, and he was looking at the camera when he decided to do it. I'm not sure, was he seeking attention? Um, I mean, it's funny because we're kind of half giggling in the background. I mean, you know, actually,
1: that's a serious thing, isn't it? You know, if you do that on the street with someone and there's an argument that it's a sexual assault, isn't it? Let's be absolutely frank about this. If you go up and grab someone like that, I mean, I don't know what's going through Marla's head. I mean you know this 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 fixture and Joe Marler certainly has some history, didn't they? you think five years four years ago And you the year with the four Sunson, years, yeah. I think so, Lee absolutely. and I mean, he got a couple of weeks down for that. But, you know, I've looked at the World Rugby Regulations and it seems like the entry point is 12 weeks, isn't it? It, You know, he he could be facing a long time off for another friend. I mean, you know, he's probably just thinking in his head it's a bit of a laugh, a bit of a laugh. But you can't can't do things. You can't do it, can you? You can't do things
2: like that. No, the only thing in his defence is it did not appear to be malicious. It was almost like some tomfoolery. But he was, a t- you know, whether was attention seeking or what. Having said that, clearly, I assume he was trying to provoke Alan Wynne Jones to punch him or something.
1: I'll tell you what watching the game here yeah, there was lots going on there, there, there was loads and loads going on there was I'll tell you what I think the sighting commissioner you get 48 hours there's quite a few incidents he could spend some time Look, there was a lot going on there was a few boots flying around a few elbows flying around I'd be very interested in watching that because you know it's like when you're watching and you don't spot everything um, but I must admit as soon as I, I saw the, the Marlowe when I, I rang the office and so told Mr. Howell had spotted it straight away was right on the case and as I would expect and uh, yeah it's fair to say that was a lively old game
2: yeah, it certainly was one. There was a lot. Scott, you know, even on TV, there was lots, uh, lots happening, and there was a bit, and you know, and I think do you know what? I think some of that went back to uh, last season and what George uh, Ford talked about uh, uh, the other day. You know, when he said about Wales, about Wales, Carl Sinclair targeting players, and I think England had uh, well, from what Ford said, you know, England they were going to deal with anything as a team today. And funny enough, Sinclair, you never saw. He, he wasn't involved really in any of that stuff in the second half. In the first half, he's ready quiet. And then the second half, he played. He played actually played really well, but he wasn't involved thought, in the fireworks, I, wasn't he? No, was not they?
1: No, I thought Sinclair was excellent. If um, i was looking at the players, really, Sean, he was one. I thought Ben yangs as well. You know, he was uh, a real thorn in Wales' side. You know, made the kind of infield break ahead of the second. I then the key incision for the third try, um, yeah, it was a quality performance from him. Um, and, well, I tell you what, I, I look at that Wales team now and you just wonder what he will do for the final game of the Championship against Scotland. It's In terms of the title and the and, you know, positions, it's a bit of a dead rubber, but it's an important game, you know, because how did he use this? And I mean, just to give an update as well, there's, there's a few issues that are going to be forced upon him. Um, Jake Baller, have you confirmed here yeah, now? It's, um, a shoulder injury looks like he's gonna need surgeries and he'd be out for twelve to sixteen weeks. Bad luck for Jake, you know he's had a few injuries in the past and he looked pretty much the end of this season really, isn't it? Um Dylan Lewis didn't look great. Went down with an ankle injury just before the break, seemed a bit of pain. He didn't come out for the second half. Aaron Shingler seemed to have a bit of a shoulder issue at the end. Um, you know so and Lee, Lee Half had a nasty gash to his knee. So, you know, it's gonna be who's left standing a little bit for next weekend but, and do you maybe Give some players in the squad who have another grow a chance. But what would you yeah. do,
2: Hunt? Well, you're gonna they're gonna have to be careful because they, they've got to stop the rot against Scotland. Arrest the slide. Simon, you and I have been around a long time. You're going back. We've seen Wales implode so many times in the past on the back of winning championships or doing really well. And they can unravel quickly, can't they? So he's gonna be after ready. he's gonna be can't make too many changes next week. Some are gonna be forced up on him, and, and you know, you could argue there's some guys. Perhaps Will Rowlands deserve a chance of playing? Does he give like Louis Zamet a chance? Do you move Liam Williams? To, I'd be inclined to move Liam Williams to fullback. Uh, I thought he today was obviously quiet because he's had so long off. Sort of eased his way uh, back in. Probably I'd probably start Falateo. But you know, Wales to me have got two. They got two major issues structurally. Their scrum. Every time England turned on a power today, Welsh scrum was in major uh, trouble, and they've also got a, a big issue at scrum half when uh, you know Thomas Williams was a disappointed day. He hasn't kicked on since the World Cup, and neither has Gaz Davis. I actually thought Rhys Webb got better and better the longer he was on the pitch, starting to find his uh, his rhythm. So do you uh, do you have the old guard of Webb and Bigger at nine and ten against Scotland?
1: It's a tricky one. I mean, if you look, there's a central issue as well that Wales are leaking tries too easily. I know everyone will talk about Sean Edwards and the life after Sean, but whatever you look at it, if you look at it today, one-on-one tackle, yes, a great finish, by Anthony Watson, but it was essentially a one-on-one. with Thomas Williams was beaten. The second try stemmed, as Andy says, scrum. It was a scrum penalty against Wales. England kicked to the corner. And all of a sudden, Wales, after just a couple of phases, were caught incredibly narrow. And try in the corner for Daly. And then the, you know, the, the, the third try then, an incision in midfield where you know he's broken through the end with too much ease, really. So it's a problem, isn't it? Teams don't seem to be having to work quite so hard for tries against Wales as you become used to them. Um, and that, if you're conceding 33 points, you know, you've got to score 34 to win, and that ain't easy in international rugby. No,
0: that's, that's Indeed, not. But then we are also scoring more tries, aren't we? I know maybe people aren't as convinced by the attack, but I think, how many tries have we got on this Six Nations? I think we scored more than we did in last year's entire Six Nations. So I guess it's that trade-off, isn't it?
1: I mean, as like we said, there's nuggets and glimmers, the positivity there. Some of the tries you scored are lovely. Some of the stuff we tried to do is nice. Um, but it's still a work in progress. I was interested as well when Mr Jones, Edward Jones had to say about Wales, he was... Um, it was ironic having sort of uh, blasted the referee and a real uh, go at him. He then called for people to be kind to Wayne Pivak, which I thought was quite a nice contrast, really. He was uh, su- suggesting that, I guess, people should show patience and should take out from the spirit well showed. And we've been there before, Andy, haven't we? There's going to be quite a bit of pressure because it's well, heat but it
2: on Piddock now isn't it yeah it is because after uh, Scotland assuming all these matches go ahead with the coronavirus you know Wales is due to go to, to play a match in Japan which will not be easy in that heat and humidity as you know from being over there that time, time yeah, of year yeah. and then uh, of course they got tests in New Zealand and a tough open to come up so there's no it's no let up is it and you know sport no, is a no. confidence thing isn't it and you build confidence by winning
1: you're right what you said and I mean I'd be to see how Scotland go against France you know they've got quite a good record against France and Murrayfield if they were to come up on top on that then head to Cardiff it becomes a it becomes a game you're right what's the phrase you used need to stop the rot and I think you're spot on there Wales you know they need to show that there's more than just glimmers it needs to be a winning performance that's
2: right I mean Scotland Scotland beat France so they could they could actually still win the title, so <laughs> be interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, there we are then. So, um, tricking them again, another defeat. Um, Indeed. Challenging day for the Welsh fans who made the trip, and I just think we all have to maybe like maybe just as a final thing, put everything in perspective. Um, it's been a it's been a tough day and a sad day for Welsh rugby today. And Alan Jones spoke well about it in the post match press conference. Alan made his Wales debut in 20, 2006. I think Andy was out there in it's Argentina. Funny, funny. and Yeah, Matthew Watkins played in that game. And all our thoughts, I mean, I, I know Matthew well. And uh, I've spoken before that um, I used to the same into Belinda and both of us having treatment, I gets there. And he's, uh, he's an inspiration and a huge encouragement to me. And um, it's a hugely sad news that Matthew has passed away. And all our thoughts um, go to his family. And as I say, it really puts
2: everything in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Simon, wasn't he always a bloke who had a, despite everything, you know, he had it, always had a smile on his face and was always positive. Yeah. Uh, a smashing chap.
1: And I think what you'll find probably, um, there'll be, I would imagine, a minute silence next week in Cardiff yeah. where the Welsh fans can pay their tribute to him. Um, fine rugby player but above
2: all an absolutely
0: lovely man absolutely he, he was an underrated rugby player wasn't he but the way he's battled so bravely for seven years which is just just an incredible amount of time and, and always kept so positive that yeah. is, is a truly yeah. inspiring thing isn't it yeah
2: Matthew was yeah. A, Matthew was a super centre wasn't he with the ball Simon you know he could carve, carve defences open really liked on his feet sort of leggy, you know, good stride, and he, he knew... Fantastic try-scoring record, and fantastic
1: try-scoring, try yeah. Don't forget,
2: he was in centre against Australia when Wales beat him in 2005, which was their first win yeah. over the Wallabies since the uh, 87 World, uh, World Cup. Scored a try in the uh, first season of regional rugby, when the Scarlets beat Ulster final match of the season to clinch the uh, league title. It was a title shootout. And uh, yeah. Matthew's got to uh, try that day. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, even though he's a great lad, started with Newport, I remember him as a teenager and as, uh, you know, cheeky chappy. And um, I think his best rugby was actually played for the Scarlets. He played some lovely uh, rugby at Western, Their style of play uh, yeah. suited him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And my abiding memory would be I think if it's on, you know, six or seven weeks ago around about Mark. And just his positivity and his smile, you know, we we both sort of um, experienced a few tough times even over a lot longer period him, but he always, always remained positive and upbeat and just a man who it was a pleasure to be company of. Indeed.
0: Uh, as Simon says, our, our thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends, and, and it is something that puts rugby into perspective. That's it for tonight's podcast. Um, it's going to be an interesting week ahead. Obviously, the, the final straight of the Six Nations is upon us, Wales v Scotland next week. Be interesting to see what happens in the next few days in terms of ins, bands, team selection and all that, and you'll be able to catch all of it on Wales Online.